Love you, love you. Good morning, church. It is an honor, a privilege, a blessing, an encouragement to be back in Los Angeles and in my old home, two of my old homes. Now, Ken didn't have it quite right. I was torn away from the South to go back to Denver and uh, God had a plan for us to uh, plant nine churches in eight states in a few years there. And so we were ripped away. Our heart was here. We love the South. Ain't no party like a South Zone party. Ooh, ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. The South and the West made me a championship basketball coach. Oh yes, oh yes, yeah. We won the LA Church League, which was a semi-pro league at that time. Here in the South Sector, the South Sector Sharks won uh, the Open Division. And then uh, I got a little older and so we moved up to uh, the Masters Division when I was in the West and uh, we won that. No, I didn't play. No, let's make that clear. I don't wanna, I wanna misrepresent anything. I was the coach. And, uh, you know, if you have a loud voice, you can be a coach. So I, I'm not going to yell this morning. I really want to encourage all my friends that have known me for years. You know, my philosophy of preaching was to read and holler. And uh, uh, there's one of the sisters in the leadership group in uh, Antelope Valley said that she was really excited that uh, I was going to come and preach as long as I didn't yell. And uh, so I've really tried to mellow out. And I only yell a little now, so I, I can't say I don't yell at all. Every once in a while, I get overwhelmed with the spirit, and you got to read it the way it was written. And if it was written in a loud voice, you got to read it that way, amen? But uh, I, I'm fighting emotion. Uh, Brian, uh, Craig, uh, Brian and Des are like children to me, you know, they're their parents, they're mature, and yet for me, they're always going to be my CU kids, and uh, I uh, just seeing Dessa walk past me in the aisle this, uh, this morning, it just got me all choked up, and so many of you are, are just family, just uh, I can't even mention all the names, but there have been such bonding moments uh, in the ministry in uh, these two regions. And uh, so many people move by faith to build the kingdom. And I ask hundreds to move for God. And uh, God blessed you. God took care of you. And, and some of you are still here in the West and the South. And I just uh, praise God for how he's blossomed you. You've rooted yourself and grown and become such fruitful disciples. And it's so encouraging. I praise God for it. And uh, I, I do want to dispel a, uh, a myth here. My dear, dear friend, one of my good friends in this uh, uh, region is uh, Dave Blanco. And Dave Blanco calls the people that moved out from Colorado with us the Colorado Mafia. <laughs> and, and that's a little offensive. You know, I, I'm, I'm Polish and, and, and Mexican. I'm not Italian. I mean, that, that's Steve's family, all right? And... Uh, and I, I do want to say, though, that I love your staff. Steve and Jackie are dear old friends. You know, it takes a year to get a year's experience, and so appreciate us old folks, all right? Us old ministers, you know? Steve, I think, is a little younger than me. He's definitely better looking, you know? But, uh, you know, he's got so much experience and maturity and wisdom. 
and love. And Steve and Jack, you're just real people. They're, they're model Christians because they're so real and transparent and in love with God and faithful. And they, they, they are fruitful people because they're uh, rooted in God. And uh, Ken and Lena, we, we're building our relationship, you know, uh, very, very excited about them leading the West. And Reuben, oh my gosh, another, another son in the faith. I know, I got to move, I got to move. But uh, Nandy and Karina are family. And, uh, you know, Allie, you know how much I love you. And, uh, and Kendall, you, I know you're going to take care of her. And you have to. All right, all right, all right. But, it's, but I, I want to dispel that, that myth. The Colorado, we're the Colorado Calvary, all right? We, you know, that just sounds more Christian, more spiritual. Well, maybe not Christian, but better. It just sounds better, all right? And, uh, but it's great to be back in these regions, Joe and Gracie, mom and dad in the faith. Just uh, so many great people, Mike and Tracy, uh, a memory that was a breaking of the heart and yet uh, meaningful. So many more people. Today I want to talk about Jesus, though, as our shepherd, our good shepherd. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. We're going to work our way through some of this. But you can't think about shepherd And Jesus is the good shepherd without thinking about King David's psalm, Psalm 23. And his pronouncement and proclamation that God was his shepherd. And all of us need to claim this proclamation this morning. That God and Jesus are our shepherds. So think about these words with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Good places. He guides me beside still waters. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. And though I walk, and many of us over the years have done this, Walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We will fear no evil. For thou art with us. Your rod and your staff. They comfort us. You prepare a table before us. In the presence of our enemies. You anoint our head with oil. Our cups amazingly overflow. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives and say it with me. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's say it again. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to leave this morning. If we accomplish nothing else together, that you claim the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want. We all need a shepherd, an overseer, a mentor, a spiritual guardian in our lives, spiritual father and mother, a discipler, a pastor, a minister, an elder, 
See, when Jesus says, I'm these things, he's saying to us, I'm going to watch over you. I care about you. I love you. And I know what's going on in your life, and I want to help. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be that friend. You know, living, loving JT knew we needed a friend. He said he was our friends. And, you know, when we were young, that's a great thought. But we found the true friend, haven't we? In the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, this is where we're going. I always try to let you know where we're going before we get there. All right. And uh, let's see here. You know, I have this problem in Antelope Valley. There's something about technology. (laughs) You know, they sin against me all the time. Uh, you know, there's this model. I'm uh, I'm overeducated. I'm a professional student. It's too bad that you have to pay schools and they don't pay you to go there. I mean, I'd be rich if they paid paid me for going. Been in graduate school. I, I it's going on about 15 years. I'm catching a plane to finish a class this afternoon out in Nebraska for. Uh, I'm not going to tell you which degree. It's, uh, it's embarrassing. But uh, I always mix a little of my counseling and my sermons. And there's this uh, theory that we fall into one of these four categories this morning. I'm not judging you. You know, when you, when you read this, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't, then, you know, go to a different shoe store. All right? But if we're doing good this morning, you're okay and I'm okay. And that's how we view the world. It's a healthy position. Everyone's happy. But then, unfortunately, sometimes we have a a warped view of life. We come from a dysfunctional background. And we think, we're okay, but you're not okay. Other people aren't okay. And that's sort of the one down position. This is very dangerous because these people can take advantage of you. They don't respect you. They don't view you as equals and, and capable. And so they, they can sometimes take advantage of you. And then another position, and fortunately studies show that this is the majority of us. This is where most of us fall, that you're okay, but I'm not okay. A lot of us don't have a good feeling about ourselves, and that hurts. And that's not what the Lord wants us to see when we look in the mirror. We're made in the image of God. And yes, we're sinful and we're fallen, but those of us that are Christians, we have the Holy Spirit, Christ within us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We we are awesome. God looks down and sees a little radiance when he's looking at us, a little bit of light. And yet, unfortunately, most, most people feel this way. And then if you're really, unfortunately, hurting this morning, maybe even sick on the inside, sick of soul, sick of spirit, you view the world as they're not okay and you're not okay. But I'm here to tell you this morning, every one of those quadrants need a shepherd. You agree with me there? Are you with me? I'm going to fish every once in a while for a good amen, all right? Whether, whether I had you and whether you're following along or not, just work with me, people. Work with me, all right? 
because this is where we're going this morning, all right? We're going to look at John chapter 10, and we're going to see that the good shepherd gives abundant life to the sheep. And I hope you're not offended, but the Lord calls you a sheep this morning. Yeah, I'd rather him call us eagles. I'd rather he call me a lion. But you know, sheep, they contribute wool, but they're not like the pig. They don't have to be slaughtered to be useful. Amen. So sheep ain't bad. Amen. And we're going to see that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then also that he's never lets go. Never lets go. This is the sheep pen of the ancient world. They would find an enclave like this. Sometimes they would create it. Sometimes they would see it in a natural valley and use something like that. But let's read scripture together this morning. Because we believe in the power of the word, don't we, in our church? We believe that that's where the message is. That's God speaking to us. That us as evangelists are just heralds of good news. And so we're going to look at a lot of God's word this morning. You came to the Bible church and I am a narrative preacher. But I don't assume you already know the story. I even tell you the story, all right? So get your Bible out. It can be electronic like mine. But just in case that fells me, I have my old good time religion back there on the stand, all right? Truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter by the sheep bin, by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. He says that to religious people. Uh Uh-oh, he might be talking to me because I'm religious. How about you? Oh, no, I'm spiritual. Religion, that's the Midwest. Here in California, we're spiritual. All right. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They've been listening to the voice of the shepherd. They've been seeking the voice of the shepherd. And so they know his voice. And this passage is going to tell us what the good shepherd does for us. He provides us protection. The Bible always says from Genesis, what did God do? He created the heavens and the earth. He creates home. He gave a promise to the Jews, a home, the promised land. He gives us a home in the church. And he gives us a home in heaven someday. God's about family. Amen. He's got, he's about protection. He's about good green pastures and still waters. He also is passionate about relationship with us. You know, your God cares so much for you. I don't know if you know that emotionally, but I, I'm not the most emotional person, but about 10 years ago, God crushed me, crushed. I got out of the ministry for a year and I was sort of a lost soul for a little while. And, you know, no offense to engineers, but uh, I was still able to work as an engineer, even though I was lost. So. But Andy is an elder, so I need to be respectful of engineers. But I was out of the ministry because I thought God had used me and he was done with me. That I was sort of maybe a Saul figure that I'd sort of send out. 
And I, 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 and, and I, I was serious about that because, you know, I wasn't a perfect minister. You guys know. And I apologize. God showed me some of the weaknesses in my leadership and my harshness and my anger. And I, that's why I love Reuben and some of these guys. They don't remember all that. They just, it's great how time erases some things, you know. And they still love me. And I, I'm very grateful for that. That's healing. I've needed that. But I apologize to any of you. In a, in a sermon or in an appointment where I was not Jesus, but, but Saul or something worse, Greg, the natural Greg. You know, I'm trying to be Jesus. But I've become a good Christian since then, so, you know, I can, I can feel good about myself. Moving to Nebraska does that for you. I went to exile out there in Nebraska. Don't tell the Nebraskans that's how I feel about it. But it's a great place for me to just focus on not just even being a good minister, but a good Christian. I did the ministry by day. I worked as a chaplain for eight years at night in a hospital. And I learned to just love people all over again. But I, I sincerely... I say from the depth of my heart, from that broken place that God took me to, I'm sorry. And, and now, you know, it's good. That's why you got to hire some of us old guys, because now we're finally good ministers. You know? <laughs> it took a while. It took a while. But we were finally getting there, amen? And God, the good shepherd, provides abundance, green pastures, Amen? what this passage says and you know it you know there's uh four ways that we connect to other people i don't know how your relationships are this morning but there's four ways either you you had a good mama a good caregiver good grandmother somebody that was your initial caregiver the first two years of life however did a study and children give off this signal and then they expect a response all right and if they don't get a response, if you don't respond to your baby, if you don't respond to their initiation, then brain neural connections do not get established in their mind and they're cognitively underdeveloped for the rest of their life. Love those babies, mama. Don't be too busy. Get a consistent caregiver if you can't always be there because it creates secure attachment. And the reason so many of us have problems in our relationships is because we didn't have that, unfortunately. And that's why we need a good shepherd. Because we need to learn to attach. Because we got burned in the world. And we might have a little bit better anxious ambivalent. You know, we're a little bit nervous and we're not sure. We test things. We're a little ambivalent in our attachment. Or we're anxious and we avoid other people. Or we're really screwed up. <laughs> and I, don't, I think I've been all four. So, you know, I'm not picking on anybody this morning. All right. We're just sort of disorganized. We're just, we don't have that foundation under us. And why am I sharing this stuff? Because we need a good shepherd. Because when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, then I say down deep in my soul, amen. Amen. God, I need you. My mom and daddy did the best they could. 
But I was the fourth of four boys, and they were burned out and tired by the time I came along. <laughs> My older brothers, those rascals, wore them out, you know? And then the one right in front of me, he really worked them over. He's passed away now. He was a drug addict, not a very good person, went to prison, had a lot of problems in life, got ran over as a baby and never really recovered in ways. And so I know I need a good shepherd. I hope you feel like this is good news for you this morning. You know, I used to be the hatchet man in the kingdom. If you need a good sin sermon, call on Greg. But now I'm Dr. Ski. I'm not Greg anymore. I'm Dr. Greg. So I'm that kinder, gentler. No, I just, I really, I really do believe that my philosophy of preaching, it's from scripture, is the, that the church needs strengthened and encouraged. And so there's conviction along the way because we're, none of us are perfect and we all need to deal with ourselves and our flesh. But overall, anymore, man, I want to leave you smiling. You know, there could be pressure this morning, first time back in 25 years. I was here 25 years ago, back when I was good looking, all right? And we didn't, they didn't have this extra part. I had to stand back there, and so there was this chasm between you and me. That's why I yelled, I think, yeah. Let's keep going. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand that he was telling them. Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the shepherd. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be what? They will come in and go out. And find what? Pasture. That's a promise of God. Sometimes we read the Bible and all we see are the commands. Let's see the promises. Amen. Let's see the promises of God. I mean, Jesus is the gate. He leads to pasture. He leads us to shelter the fold. He protects the sheep from what? Are there wolves out there? Come on, parents. Don't ever give up on parenting. I mean, kids get to be teenagers and they get a little more difficult. And some of us just, well, you know, it's their decision. No, it isn't. You're still their parent. I mean, don't, I mean, my kids are 30 and 28. Guess who they call if they need a little loan? That never gets paid back. I'm still dad. And if I have it, I give it. That's what we sacrifice for our children. We do without so they can get by. And so they're still my daughters and I, I know there's wolves out there and I want them protected. When my uh, son-in-law asked my daughter for her hand in marriage, I gave me, said there's one condition, one condition. You cannot marry her unless you meet this condition that you get her to heaven. It's my responsibility as a dad now. I'm sharing that with you. Will you do it? And man, I mean, he was shaking. He knew. 
I mean, that old Greg could be pretty tough, you know. And he said, yes, absolutely, that's what I believe. So he got to marry her. That's a commercial for some of you dads. Use it if you'd like. Steal it. I don't believe in. It's not copywritten. Jesus is the gate. And he offers what? Abundant life. Look at this, folks. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But the shepherd comes to speak to us gently, whisper to us, to guide us, to give to us, to protect us. Isn't that the kind of God you need to serve? That you want to serve? See, I need to know a God who cares. A good shepherd. That's why I love the book of John. That's why I wanted to preach this sermon this morning. Because I just want you always to be in love with the Lord. Amen. Some of us, we're incredible servants. But we need to be good shepherds. And we need to love the shepherd. I'm going to uh, move on quickly here through this. Because you know the passage. What, it, what is he giving us? Protection. Pen. I, I like P's. I like R's. I like S's. Pasture. Pur- purification. I mean, all good stuff. Good slides, huh? <laughs> we'll send this to you if you want to. And then the you're okay, I'm okay. Brothers and sisters, that's pretty real stuff. But let's be in love with a good shepherd this morning. Amen. I'm going to move towards the end because there's a great thought here. It says in John 10, 15 through 18, just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. Oh, that's interesting. He's talking, that's sort of foreshadowing of the Gentiles. Any Gentiles among us this morning? (laughs) I say that's pretty good news then, amen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up. Jesus is saying, We all have free will, and I've exercised it to be your shepherd. Some, though, in that day and this day, say Jesus just, he's a liar, he's a lunatic, he's false. He's not a good shepherd, but he is. But he is. In fact, good doesn't quite call it, does it? He's more like a great shepherd, right? And we don't use that language of shepherd. I grew up in Colorado. There were shepherds out in the fields. But have seriously, have any of you ever seen one? Few of us, right? A few of you. But not many. So take this home with me, all right? Let's keep going here. There's another point I want to make from the good shepherd. And it's here in uh, this next one. Verse 24, let's read together. The Jews who were there gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you didn't believe. The works I do in my father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep do what? 
How often do you read your Bible? My sheep listen to my voice. How is God trying to speak to us, folks? Well, you're one of those legalistic preachers, aren't you? Are you going to hold me accountable to read my Bible? Nope. But I'm just begging you to be a sheep and to listen to the voice of God. Because he wants to guide you beside still waters. He wants to lead you in the paths of righteousness. He wants to lead you to green pastures. Don't be a fool and get eaten by the sheep, the wolves. Almost messed that up. <laughs> I mean, there's more wolves. Seriously, come on, let's be honest. In Los Angeles than other places. We need the Lord guiding us, protecting us, pastoring us. Amen. My father has given them to me. Verse 29. Is greater than all. No one can snatch them. And this is the last point I wanted to make. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. The father and I are one. So for which of the good works are you going to stone me? Jesus says. Folks. Jesus has laid down his life for us. He is the good shepherd. And he's not going to let you go. That's why I love seeing some of you old timers that were here 25 years ago. When I was reading and hollering. Because guess what? The Lord didn't let me go. And he didn't let you go. So quit trying to leave. Don't tell me you didn't think about it in the last 25 years. I mean, we look for greener pasture, but there isn't any. And God has blessed us so very much. I even feel so blessed. I'm back in California. Yes, it's a desert. It's not the beach cities. Yeah. But you know, the desert fathers were the spiritual ones. So that's the goal of my life now. And guess what one of the, the desert fathers' name was? Gregory the Great. Now, I'm just Greg. Jerry, Gigi, I stuttered as a kid. Greg. So I'm not Gregory, but I'll be Greg the Good. How's that sound? Greg the Good Shepherd. That's my goal. I pray it becomes your goal. That we become like our Good Shepherd. God cares for us. He's leading us. And... Surely, let's say it together. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. God bless.